0: Hello, and welcome to Innovators Can Laugh with Eric Melcher. Eric is a social entrepreneur, marketing geek for a tech startup, an American expat living in Romania, and a mediocre tennis player. Admiring the drive and vision of entrepreneurs everywhere, Eric dives into the interesting and fascinating stories of innovators from Eastern Europe. Here now is your host, Eric Melcher. Hey,
1: everyone. I hope you're all doing well. Enjoying the beautiful weather we're having here in Bucharest this past weekend. Took my kids to a place called Comana Adventure Park. Lovely, fantastic, a lot of zip lining, lots of good eating, uh, beautiful lake there. If you haven't been there, highly recommend you check it out if you are in the Bucharest area. Before I forget, if you haven't signed up for my newsletter, uh, go to innovatorscanlaugh.com, sign up. You're not going to want to miss this. Over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be sharing some of the growth strategies that we're implementing here at Bonjuro, which is a SaaS company I work for based out of Australia, but we have customers globally everywhere in the world. Uh, a lot of customers, small and mid-sized businesses, as well as solo entrepreneurs, and I'll be sharing a few things that has worked for us and what hasn't worked well uh, in the next couple of newsletters that I will be sending out everyone my guest today is Arina Alina Constantin CEO of Vaunt which is an application that provides a complete solution for real estate business management including statistics and reports Irina Alina welcome to the show
0: thank you so much I'm so happy to be here and uh, a bit uh, nervous because it's my first podcast ever
1: Oh, wow. Wow. We, we won't be uh, that rough on you then. Okay, we'll take it easy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you. Okay. I thought we'd start off with some light, fun questions just to get to know you better. Let's see. The first question here. Does ketchup belong in the fridge?
0: Oh, you got me on this one because I replied to you on Twitter. I, I don't think so, but I place it in the fridge because... It's a habit. I've seen my parents do it, so I got it from them and I put it in the fridge. But after I saw your Twitter post, I I took my ketchup out of the fridge.
1: Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I converted. I converted somebody. Yeah, because when you have something warm, like warm fries, why do you want cold ketchup on it? It doesn't make sense to me. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Keep spreading the message on that. The more people we get... Taking their ketchup out of the fridge, the better this world will be, okay? (laughs) Okay. Okay. Promise. (laughs) It's a promise. All right. Second question. Pet peeves. What are some of your pet peeves that other people do that annoy you?
0: Okay. People that don't get straight to the point when they want to tell you something. (laughs) Hi, let's do this and that. Okay, but... What is the problem? What is the actual problem? Can you tell me specifically? I, I don't mind taking a feedback. Yeah. I don't like people who just basically just go around the p- solution, the problem, and I can figure out what's the problem actually. That's one of my pet peeves. Yeah. And another thing is that... that moments, that's a
1: good one right there. Because yeah. we could devote an entire episode to that one. Because right? yeah. as soon as you said that, there was three instances that I thought about. First was... Somebody who works for you, and I thought, oh, shit, they better have their shit together, know what they're going to say, know what they want to convey and have a solution. Otherwise, it's going to be very rough working, you know, with you.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't like people who always tell me that I'm right. I don't like to do that. I want to be around people from where I can learn about different things and different points of view. And I don't want them to tell me that I'm right, that I'm perfect, that I'm wonderful. It's okay. Compliments are fine. But I also want to learn a different perspective.
1: Got it. Yeah. The other two instances I was thinking was as an investor who doesn't come straight to the point and says either yes Yes. or no, I'm going to invest in you. That must be frustrating. And then the other thing too is like, the dating scene you know somebody who wants to ask you out but they're trying to do it in a way where they're not speaking frank or so direct that's the other instance I thought of
0: <laughs> yeah yeah it, and I was thinking about the fact that we're at least from what I've been told is that females don't get straight to the point and I was like you haven't met me
1: okay that that was good enough let's move to the next question unless you have another pet peeve you want to share that you think
0: no that's it okay. these are my
1: biggest. <laughs> okay Third question, what celebrity would you be super nervous to I'm
0: not sure I'll be super nervous to meet, and I'll tell you why. Is that I don't believe in the concept of putting someone on a pedestal. I believe that everybody has a, a hero journey, let's put it that way, like Steph- Stephen Pressfield says. And we all go through different things, and just because you have a larger audience doesn't make you very different from other people. I like to see people for what they are, not for for what the media says they are. So I'm not sure I would be nervous. I would probably be excited to meet people I follow online, but not freaked out about it. (laughs)
1: Okay, good answer. I feel like you. I can never understand why some people buy a jersey for like their favorite athlete or somebody they like because it has that person's name on the shirt and they're wearing that person's name on the shirt and I never could understand that. I can get behind a team, but never like an individual person.
0: Probably because I think some people aspire to be like certain people and they think that by wearing a certain thing they did or a brand, they might get or embody that person's life or way of being depending on what they admire.
1: Yeah, I agree with that, okay. All right. Tell me about your childhood.
0: I came for, from not a very rich family. I was pretty poor, let's put it that way. Not a very small town. I was born in Sinaya and then we moved to Ploiesti, which is a very small town, pretty close to Bucharest, let's put it that way. And let's say... The the environment wasn't very tailored to women can do certain things. Women seem to have a paved uh, way of just finishing your studies, maybe getting married, having some kids. But I always wondered. I remember as a small child, I always asked a lot of uncomfortable questions. For example, I was the why kid. I was the why kid. I remember I was like, three or four years old, and I would ask my mom, is God a a man or a woman? And my mom was like, and I was wondering, "Who, who made the universe? Why are we here? And sometimes I put my parents in difficult situations because I would ask a lot of whys and have very existential questions about life in general. So I guess that my curiosity towards different things led me up to this path. Because I always wanted to learn more. That's That was my thing. I remember when I started reading and I got comfortable with reading. Because at first I had a, a struggle with a bit of learning. Because I have a tiny bit of dyslexia. So it was hard for me to learn certain things. But after I started reading, I was so into it. And then I started learning more and more. Because we didn't have the internet at that time. Age, but when I discovered the internet, for me, it was my thriving period. Okay.
1: So, this drive or this curiosity to want to learn more and ultimately want to be an entrepreneur, did that come from somebody close to you, like in your family? Was there like a, a parent or maybe an aunt or uncle? Or is this something that you think, wait a minute, I got this just out of my curiosity? This is the way I was born. Or did somebody instill those traits in you?
0: I think that your background definitely has an impact on you. And I didn't have entrepreneurs around me. Like, they were people with regular jobs. But I remember I was four or five and looking at movies. And I would see all these movies settled in New York with the big business buildings. And I remember there was an actress... Who dressed very businessy, I feel like professionally? Can't remember the movie though. And I said, "Mom, I wanna be that person one day." And from then on, I started starting to do different kinds of things. I remember, I there was 2008, and there were some financial issues back then and I tried to find ways to make money on my own because I applied for jobs and I was 15 and 16 and nobody would reply to my applications to my applications it was something that started in me because I know I didn't have a lot of possibilities when I was young and I wanted to have them and create the opportunities for myself
1: what were some of the ways you tried making money when you were 15 16 back then
0: I started learning Photoshop back then and uh, started designing 2D and then 3D items in 3DS Studio Max and Maya and started selling them online. I played Sims and Second Life and I used to make things and sell them online. I did digital painting as well and uh, would price myself really low because I didn't know the market well, but I still made money.
1: Yeah, when you're starting out, you just want to get that experience and get your first client. So, yeah, price yourself low, but then over time, <laughs> you get to raise yeah. those rates. Yeah. So, you have this design interest, and what did you study in school? What, what field did you go into? I went into
0: basically science and maths. I graduated, I'm an engineer at, with a major in artificial intelligence, but I always had this thing where I wanted to combine logic with creativ- creativity. So I didn't stick to just being a programmer. But I always was always into problem solving. So that's why it brought me to this path where I could use both of, let's say, my skills. The technical and the creative one.
1: Okay, so you're at university and... You've taken your first job, but when did you realize you wanted to co-launch your own agency or your own company? I think it was called Brandeer, which helps companies, per- yeah, which helps companies with their branding, improve or create, yeah, uh, a new brand. At what point did you realize, hey, let me start my own?
0: Since 16, I tried to do my own thing, and I remember at 18 or 19, I got my first internship in a gaming company because I loved games so much because it was also about problem solving. though. Del- there. And I remember I was thinking, okay, I finished this internship. What now? And I always wanted to do something that is mine. And I said, okay, where are my skills? Where can I put my skills? I cannot make a gaming company because I don't have all the skills, but I know a lot about marketing because I've spent the past few years making products and selling them. And I understand what the consumer wants. So Let me help other companies show that to their consumers, because at that time, their brands here in our country weren't very into their personal branding, not the big ones, the small ones, the medium ones. When I got my co-founder and said, okay, and another person and say, let's do this together. You have the technical skills, which are the best. I have the ideas and how we can discuss with the clients and see what we can do for them. And that was history.
1: Okay. okay. What do you think most people get wrong about branding when it comes to design?
0: That you just make a logo and put it there. That's they just pick some colors and put it there and that's branding.
1: That's not what you do?
0: <laughs> no, it's not. You need to start with a set of values that your company has, that your brand wants to transmit, not through only the name, the logo, but your mindset in general. Basically, you want to create a brand obsession from the beginning, not from so you know where you're going, who your customers are, how you want to make them feel like, and all these things.
1: Okay. Okay. After that, you then co-founded Aesthetic Works. It's like this auditing software development, a little bit of branding and marketing wrote into one. But then soon after you launched Bond, which is this application that responds to the needs of real estate developers and agencies. And these agencies, maybe they're just starting their business or maybe they have years of experience, but you've got this complete solution for the real estate business management. When did you realize there was a need for Vont?
0: When we started Aesthetic Works, we went to different people and design and produce different solutions for them to organize their businesses. And we had a lot of clients from the real estate industry because we penetrated a niche that needed help because they weren't very into tech back then. They didn't have much of an idea of a branding and the way we presented it, uh, we gave them the perspective, what, what will happen in the future. And then we noticed some patterns in the industry and needs. And then we searched and followed and see that the needs are similar in every country. So let's say, okay, let's do something accessible for them. Something easy to understand and give them their power back and empower the realtors to be excited about what they do because in the end we all both of us right now we're living in a building whether it's an office space where it's a home and we need shelter for all our lives and they need to take pride in that
1: Okay. what was the hardest part about this process of beginning to create Firstly,
0: we had to understand the market really well. And I think that's an issue for all the startups because you can have great ideas, but you need to be consumer centric. You need to understand the needs and the services you're providing to be for the consumer, for your customer, not for yourself or just for managers. And that's the issue management systems have in general. They are made for managers. We're, we're giving that power back. To the individual. Okay.
1: What are some of the tools and resources that you share with anybody who's going down this journey as an entrepreneur? Some tools and resources that you like working with, that you like using, not necessarily related to the real estate industry, but I'm thinking about what kind of advice would you give to anybody else wanting to pursue the path that you're going on?
0: You need to like learning. That's the first thing, that's the basis. You don't need to go in a room and think you're the smartest. If you go in a room and you think you're the smartest out there, there's an issue whether with your ego or with the room you're sitting in. You need to have a a passion for learning and of course for failing because you need to do a lot of mistakes and have a lot of failures because what I've told you right now seems like a highlight reel, but it's been very hard to get to this point. And you need to build your resilience by trying and trying again and again, but also actively listening to your customers and other people who have experience in the industry.
1: Okay. And who has been one of your favorite bosses or mentors in the past? Did you have any? Because sometimes some people don't. I'm just wondering if you had anyone.
0: It's funny that you say that. I didn't up to recent, but I get. I could say I had like indirect mentors, which which has been people from books, even online personalities that I follow, that are either in the VC world. Can I say an a name?
1: Sure. Say some of the books, like, some of the podcasts, or any anybody.
0: Yeah. For instance, Gary Tan. He has an amazing YouTube channel yes. regarding startups. I also enjoy Justin Kahn and his personality is just hilarious. He's the co-founder of Twitch. And what I like from the productivity and like the management system and getting in your life, it's Matt Diavella. Not sure if you're familiar with his. No, but I have to check. He's more towards uh, the mindset of a minimalism, looking into things that matter. So it's more of my values. Like that in a lot of books, I try to read a lot of books. I follow the podcast of Tim Ferriss that I know it's wildly popular uh, in the US and he has very interesting guests and in terms of emotion and leadership, I enjoy Brennan Brown a lot Mm -hmm. because I believe in leading with uh, emotion and vulnerability and making a difference. And these are, let's say, my indirect mentors uh, as of now. No,
1: I love it. I love it. And what are some of the books that you've kept? Maybe they're on your bookshelf and you've gone back to maybe a few times just to go look at some of the parts you highlighted or reread again. Are, Are there any books that come to mind?
0: yes first one is shoe dog by phil knight okay it's the biography of the nike founder because he had a very interesting and long journey to get where he is and that's very inspiring okay. because it was one of the most realistic and vulnerable biographies i ever read and which because you generally you don't get the behind the curtains picture And the other one that I really enjoy is the War of Art by Steven Pressfield, which is related to creativity and the hero's journey. I'm not sure if you're familiar with his work, but I highly suggest if you're looking into creative field or you have a creative that you're stuck creatively, you should totally check him out.
1: Okay. Okay. A couple other questions for you, Alicia. What are some mistakes you made early in your career looking back?
0: Oh, not trusting my gut it's one of them because you think you're an experience and at the beginning and you you just need to learn but actually sometimes your gut is good not paying attention to where i put my time because one of the things that we miss out is that we, we talk about money a lot in in the venture capitalism startup world billions of dollars but at the end of the day We all do it for a purpose, which is to gain more time because we're gonna die. That's the motivation of all the companies in general if you ask why. What everybody needs to take into consideration is that you need to be extremely aware of your time. If you choose to invest your time in one thing, it's
1: you are actually saying no to a lot of others. Absolutely agree with you. Whenever I look at a decision that I need to make, I usually consider time and health to be at the very top, and then after those two, I'll look at the money aspect. But you know, for example, I'll look at a daycare for my kid, and maybe the daycare that's around the block that I can walk to is pretty expensive, and I can choose another one. But I have to get in my car, go into Bucharest traffic. That's going to take me at least 30, 45 minutes each way. But it's a lot cheaper. I won't even, I won't even second guess myself. Get the more expensive one because time and health exactly health in the sense that i'm not going to get anxiety or stressed out by having to drive in traffic and so it's not even exactly. it's not even a tough decision for me and i think a lot of people unfortunately they evaluate decisions based on money and it's no you've got to look yeah. at time you're never going to get back money you can lose but you yeah. can get it back time you'll never get back and health Health is the big thing. Always consider how much stress is this going to cause me? How much anxiety or whatever? If I can remove that anxiety or stress, that's another big factor. It's more important than money in most cases. But it's so great to to see someone like you, so young, who's already aware of that in your decision making, the time. It
0: took me a while and the entrepreneurship journey encouraged me to get up to this place because if you don't overcome or override your thinking patterns, your old thinking patterns inherited from your parents or your, if you come, let's say from a family that is not that rich or had money issues, you don't need to let that follow you into your uh, adult life. That's why most of the people make decisions based on money, not time.
1: Yep, yep, yep. What does a typical day look like?
0: Okay, so when I wake up typically to between 7 or 8. I tried waking up at 5, but that was that was a journey. And then the I used to open my laptop and answer to the emails, but I realized quickly it's not a good thing for me. So I take out my do- daily stoic journal and try to write in it every day. Uh, journaling is one of the things that helped me the most the past years, being in contact with myself and figure out where I want to go next and then I try to meditate sometimes I don't then I grab a cup of coffee and then get ready put on makeup and get ready for work
1: we, ha- we have the same morning routine except the uh, the makeup part <laughs> <laughs> you use the daily stoic journal or do you I take that back I'm usually at before 5 and then the first thing I'll do is I'll go into my journal but I don't journal in the sense like I write about my thoughts I really just write about what I'm grateful for, and that could be something as simple as, oh, Bonica's here to help out this week with our kids, something as simple yeah. as that. Or maybe, hey, we're having nice weather, which means more time outdoors or something. It's just the little things that you can think about what you're grateful for. And then sometimes like you, I don't necessarily meditate, but I'll do deep breathing exercises for five minutes. And then I usually go for either a run around Hedestro Lake or I'll go to the gym and then I come back and then I have my coffee and kind of start the morning that way. But yeah, very similar morning that you and I have. So other question for you. What's the one thing I should have asked you about Vaunt, but I didn't? Where
0: does Vaunt come from? What's the name? What's the meaning?
1: So what's the name? What's the meaning there?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. To Vaunt, it means to brag about something. To, to be proud of what you do. And when we came up with the concept, uh, the product wasn't a, a management product, for instance. It was like, what are the values that I want my customer to have in their life? And what I think is that we're being very harsh on ourselves and we should take more pride in what we do in the jobs that we do. Because our jobs and everything that we do every day has an impact in the world. Even if it's small, you have an impact. If you help someone buy a house or rent a place, you are helping that person start a new journey. And the where you live in the space you're in, I'm not sure how you feel about it, but for me, it's very important to, to feel great in that space. So I could work and perform well and have a good life.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Helena, thank you so much for being on the show. I had such an excellent thank time. Too. If, Me too. If everybody wants to learn more about you, obviously they can go to vaunt.ro, but is there somewhere else that they can go to learn more about you?
0: Yeah, I you can find me online under the name The Raw Scientist. I even have a weekly newsletter where I send out tips and tricks about entrepreneurship, things I've been through and even struggles.
1: All right, everybody, thank you so much for listening and I will see you again next week. Goodbye. Bye. Arrivedere. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, i really appreciate it if you could give us a review and a star rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Also, don't forget to sign up for the ICO newsletter at innovatorsconflap.com, where you can get uh, a weekly update on the details of each guest, along with show notes. And then also, I'll be sharing some tips and tricks that we do for uh, growth hacking at Bonjour, which is the SaaS company I work for. Thanks again, and cheers.